What's up, my fellow lionesses and lions? Welcome to the Project Lioness podcast. We are here to disrupt the mainstream narrative when it comes to health, holism, and human consciousness. We are here to share bold truths about health and life from a female perspective. This episode is brought to you by our team, Inspire Co., where we stand for your health being inspired by choice rather than being inhibited by chance. Thank you for being here and joining in on these raw, real, and powerful conversations. We hope our show brings you inspiration and empowerment to overcome challenges, reclaim your life, and ultimately pursue your mission with power, purpose, and play. Now, let's get into the episode. <laughs> it's Jess and Dr. Aaron and we're back again Dr. Mel is still in Costa Rica and Ashley is still enjoying her time in space with Scott on this beautiful rainy spring day in Minnesota mm, yes yes so we're here today to uh, we might kind of be all over the place but ultimately <laughs> we're just talking and focusing on like women's health and where we're outsourcing our health and kind of where we feel like true health comes from. Yes. So bear with us. We'll be spitting some facts and sharing our opinions and other research that we found and, you know, our experiences most most importantly. Yeah. And we won't even need a fact checker today because we already printed some facts out on a piece of paper. We are prepared. <laughs> <laughs> and this actually stemmed from when, a- when Aaron and I, Dr. Aaron and I were trying to figure out like what we should talk about. Um, it actually stemmed from a recent experience that Aaron had and I'm still kind of in and that is a parasite cleanse. So I got the idea from Aaron's. I'm going to let Aaron kind of talk about like, where did you hear about it? Why is it happening? Yeah. So uh, parasite cleanses have been super trendy and popular. I did not know this because I'm not (laughs) on TikTok or anything. So I bypass all like the trending um, topics surrounding parasites. But we actually had a practice member who was doing a cleanse and showed Dr. Mel a picture of her little wormy. Um, and <laughs> that really kind of started it. I personally have like been dealing with a lot of fatigue. I mean, I also just graduated a doctorate program, so that could have a lot to do with it. But, you know, I love seafood, sushi, like sushi, um, you have pets. I have pets. I love to walk barefoot as well in the grass. Um, and those are all ways that you can get parasites. So that being said, do not let the stop you from walking barefoot because the no, benefits far, far outweigh the risks. Um, I will always eat yeah. sushi too. Yeah. So I will always have animals. So it, yeah, I'm not getting rid of my dogs right. either. So like but <laughs> parasites exist for a purpose. They yeah. have a reason to be here. And um, if we were still all eating whole clean foods all the time, like we were however many millennia ago, mm. parasites wouldn't be causing the issues that they do mm. now. And I was going to say, I think the recent research actually says that most of the parasites that we get comes from the water sources too. Great. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> when I was when I was researching for this topic, I actually found this like article about uh parasite cleanses because I also didn't know until yesterday that they were this huge TikTok trend. <laughs> they totally blew up. It one hundred percent blew up, yeah. Yeah. And people were like I took this stuff, so we're doing Paragard. That's the stuff that we use. Mm-hmm. Uh I took it and then five minutes later, it pooped out a worm. <laughs> and I was like, no, maybe. I was going to say, I did not have that experience. Yeah, but. maybe. And because a parasite cleanse goes so much further than just like taking pills. So mm-hmm. like when Dr. Aaron found it, it wasn't just like a trend. We're going to do this. It's actually like a lifestyle switch that needs to happen to support kind of getting your body back online. So like what were the biggest Beyond getting rid of parasites, Mm -hmm. what appealed to you about the parasite cleanse? I think just 
doing and eating things to support like a body's detox and supporting liver function was huge. So in preparation, I did a lot of research and the biggest thing was doing like a diet change. So I cut out coffee. I was sad (laughs) about that. I didn't think I would be able to cut off coffee because I have a problem. Um, but we did it and I did it so easily, which was cool to like challenge myself, but no coffee, no alcohol, obviously, um, no dairy, gluten, no red meat, unless if it's grass fed, um, no seafood, no eggs, white meat only. I made a lot of quinoa bowls. Yeah. Honestly, And they say even when you go out that even lettuce can be a big source of parasites because like, I don't know, the lettuce is not washed properly. So I basically just didn't even eat out because it's too difficult to have all those dietary restrictions, which I have never really done like a formal diet or nor do I have dietary restrictions to begin with. So it gave me also a big perspective on how difficult it is to eat like raw vegetables, fruits, white meats, and just be on like a dairy-free. Yeah. I cooked my veggies because I, yeah. Yeah. But so I think like the thing that I liked about the parasite cleanse is it's good to do detoxification of your body every once in a while. And this is a really eye-opening in how inflammatory some of the foods that we eat are. Mm -hmm. Um, Like people, right? (laughs) Freaking love cheese. cheese. (laughs) Um, But like, you know, when people talk to me, they're like, well, you live a relatively healthy lifestyle. I'm like, I do. We eat pretty well, but I also have kids and we like get ice cream or sometimes I make kids things that I wouldn't eat because they won't eat what I eat and they'll have right. bites of their food. Yep. So it's a really good way to also come back and realize like the eating habits that you've picked up mm-hmm. like subconsciously. I I recognize like I do eat pretty clean, but yeah. there are some things that you know, add a ton of inflammation to my body. And that was the first thing that I noticed after doing the cleanse was one, having more energy. And I think my jawbone is like making a little pop out. I was like, oh, is that what it looks like to not have that much inflammation? Cool. Wow. (laughs) I sent a picture to my best friend. I was like, look. Look at my jaw. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. I think I have really mixed reactions when I start doing stuff like this because 99% of the time, I'm like, don't go on a diet. No. Most diets are not sustainable. There are sustainable diets like the Mediterranean diet Mm -hmm. and anti-inflammatory, which our diet was. Mm -hmm. They're they're more sustainable, but they're hard, especially like if you want to eat out. Um, and the only reasons that I would promote stuff like this is like you're, you're having hormonal issues. Um, you're having trouble just like with your relationship with food in general, Mm -hmm. because these are like not restrictive. You eat the food, you know, you eat the food that you want to eat, but it's whole foods and it's better for you. Mm -hmm. Um, if you were like getting ready for a huge athletic performance, like we have a friend who did an Ironman, Mm -hmm. Jeff, shout out Jeff, third episode you've been mentioned (laughs) friend. Um, you have to eat really precisely and really almost restrictively in order to perform at that high level. Absolutely. Any other circumstances in which you're like a diet or something like this is really beneficial? Um, honestly, just probably rebalancing hormones yeah. at the end of the day too. It's for women like, especially. Especially for women. But you also have to be so careful with what you do. And I would always recommend working with someone who knows what the hell they're doing. Um, work with like a nutritionist or even like a functional medicine doctor to make sure that you're actually doing it properly yeah, and not just like thinking you know what you're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like some of these diets like they are restrictive right. and are you getting the nutrients that you need probably yeah. not for sure unfortunately because we don't talk about that enough yeah and a lot of these diets are trending oh yeah and trending is is just that it's mm-hmm. come it's present now in this moment because it's it created results that have not been studied long term mm-hmm. 
And so as quickly as that trend comes, it goes. And the more we look into these trending diets and outsource, the less we start to trust our own intuition about our like personal needs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's um, that cleanse that Dr. Mel's doing right now. Yeah. Like the um, the reset, the radiant. The radiant re- reset, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I would do something like that because it's actually recognizing that food is thy medicine. Yeah. Like use certain foods to enhance organ function and just recognizing that you don't need to take a supplement. Like yeah. diet-wise, like you can just diet via whole natural foods. Yeah. And no diet is is going to be perfect for every single person. Correct. And this actually brings me to a really hot button topic that is, it brings a lot of fire to my veins is um, these uh, diet companies that are selling meal replacements or selling meals. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you look at the wrapper, the first ingredients on there are usually oils, Mm -hmm. hydrogenated oils, seed oils, all of that, which are really inflammatory and they actually lack like major nutrients that we need. 100%. Yeah. Well, and it goes back to medication masking the symptoms. We think sometimes like that instant gratification that we can just take this one thing and we're going to lose the weight. Yeah. And that's not how that works. No. And I think without a cost. Right. And I, and you think about you know, kind of where we're trending as a society, it's mm-hmm. upwards in weight mm-hmm. because we, because of our lifestyles, because of the foods that we eat, because the stress, uh, yeah, the stress <laughs> that we carry. And also like our, uh, we've talked about this in a previous episode, but our, um, kind of shying away from discomfort mm-hmm. and like hunger is being seen as like discomfort now. Whereas, um, Usually when you're hungry, that's a sign that there's more, is it HGC in your body, human growth hormone, which is, is promotes muscle growth mm-hmm. and weight loss and all of that. But we're really quick to eat bad foods. Yeah. And a lot of these bad foods, like when you go to fast foods, the reason that you're hungry, even though you've just in, intook, like intaked, intooked, and just, just after you ate a bunch of food, <laughs> <There you laughs> I'm having trouble today. Um, and and it, we'll talk about this in a minute here. But like um, when you intake a lot of food from a fast food place, but you find yourself hungry shortly after, the reason you're hungry is because your hunger is trying to seek out nutrition, mm-hmm. nutrients, nutrition, things that actually help your organs and all of your systems work in a functional manner. But McDonald's, Burger King, mm-hmm. all those other fast foods, they don't have those nutrients in them. And that's mm-hmm. why you find yourself going back to the refrigerator, even though you've just eaten a bunch of food. It's like the empty calories. Yeah. Sometimes we're so ready to decrease our calorie count because we think that's how we lose weight, yeah. but we're just in taking bad calories, For calories sure. that don't have any sort of nutrient density to it. Yeah. So. And uh, diet companies, they see this mm-hmm. and they also recognize that in this fact sheet, I'm not going to read that fact, but it is indeed a fact that women are more likely to respond to advertisements regarding diet and exercise and drugs online than men are. Why do we think that is? Oh man, that's a hefty <laughs> topic. Why do you think that is? I have some ideas. Um I think, (laughs) and this is not to shame anyone who's been in this position, but coming back to like, we don't love our bodies for what they are and thinking that they're supposed to look a certain way. So maybe if we do this, then we'll look like that. Yeah. I think that's what it all boils down to, unfortunately. At at the end of the day, you're right. Yeah. And I just think about going back, like when, because I still, even knowing what I know and living how I live, like struggle with my body. And I like think back to like, when did I not give a fuck? When did I just like accept and love my body for what it was? And I can remember being like a little kid and running around the neighborhood with only underwear on. And like (laughs) my parents not 
really giving an F. Like even being like eight years old and not wearing a shirt and not caring because I'm a child, first of all, like there's nothing sexual about that. Mm -hmm. But also just being like comfortable enough to just be myself totally. And then, you know, we get into to schools and we get into like more like social structures Mm -hmm. and that comfort begins to leave. And I would say that we see this, (laughs) we see this with junk food where it's like brightly advertised at our children's eye levels. Mm -hmm. Same thing with magazines. Oh, absolutely. Like Teen Vogue and Seventeen. Mm -hmm like covering their magazine with my favorite actors at the time, promoting like makeup mm-hmm. and fashion and food mm-hmm. and diet. Yeah. And talking about what a healthy body looks like in a really unhealthy way. Growing up, I had a subscription to the 17 magazine and I was always like looking at the recipes or what are like the moisturizers I should be using. What are like, the clothes that uh, are trending right now and yeah. carrying so much weight on that just to, you know, fit and be, be cool. Yeah. And we'll get into this in a little bit mm-hmm. deeper, but all of those recommendations for like makeup mm-hmm. and food and like, not just the, like the recipes, but the advertisements for food, mm-hmm. gum, the clothes, like all of those also, um, like take away our health. 100%. Because because they're not because it's like we're outsourcing like oh that's what we want to look like that is a por- a portion of it but they actually carried a lot of toxins mm-hmm. um and we'll we'll get into that because I was at the makeup store the other day and I have a story <laughs> sometimes like the I'll I get into it really quick with the parasite cleanse like some of what you experience is more irritability mm-hmm. I've had um so a die off so. A, like felt really achy, almost like I was going to get the flu and then, and then experienced some loss of parasites, which was scary, (laughs) a bit exciting. (laughs) And, um, but there's side effects to, to the Mm -hmm. die off. Mm -hmm. And so like, I felt a lot of like in intaking of energy and loss of energy and like that's why I can barely talk right now. It's like, I feel like my energy is kind of all over the place as my body kind of settles into like what it is to be with like balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having like acne breakouts too. Yeah. Like nothing drastic compared to what I used to get as a teenager. But I mean, that's another die off symptom of your body is clearing out what's no longer there. And the skin is the last thing to actually express that. Yeah. So I'm like, ooh, (laughs) goodbye parasites. There are acne situations that are different from this. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of times we look at the acne and we're like, we need to get rid of this right away. Like I don't want people to see me with it on my face and we'll use like chemicals to Mm -hmm. remove them, which is actually counterintuitive. Yes. Because, I mean, most acne that you experience is hormonal-based. Stress, yeah, stress mm-hmm. and so hormones. Internal. And, yeah. Um, so coming back now to this food statement where they they target women with mm-hmm. um, dietary supplements, mm-hmm. uh, food meal replacements that are not sustainable because they're not actually teaching you how to eat well or healthy meals habits. They're just replacing what you're eating with low calorie, low nutrient, high oil based foods. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it all comes down to your behaviors and learning. I was going to say sustainability is the biggest thing that we touch on. Yeah. And a really easy way to like introduce maybe a diet sort of um, activity is to look at what you eat on a daily basis and can there be a simple substitute like a healthier substitute for that because that's going to make more sustainable change yeah like as a coffee drinker for example I was putting creamer in my coffee every single day and I was like maybe I shouldn't do this and then I switched to I think like oat milk or something which now we're finding that that's not even good for you either. So, <laughs> no. you know, you do the best you can with the information that you have. Um, yeah. And then I reached a point where I no longer use creamer. So that's one thing that I've just like easily gotten rid of. 
that I'm not ingesting every single day and then switching maybe your berries from normal non-organic to organic yeah and simple things like that yeah I um same thing I was like oat milk (laughs) yay and then I'm like oh my body doesn't digest that very well and also usually there's oils in it but and sugar spikes with it too great big sugar spikes oh that's not great (laughs) what about do you know anything about almond milk tell me now don't tell me Uh, I don't know much but I think also like the where the almonds are sourced is the biggest thing yeah, to sure. pesticides and all that, you know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'm just going to read this fact really quick because I want to touch on um, the food industry and the global dietary supplement. So according to a study done in 2001, the supplement market size was valued at 156.3 billion US dollars in 2020 and it's expected to grow at a compound annual rate of 8.6 from 2021 to 2028. It also reports that women are accounted for the largest share in dietary supplement market in 2020 with a share of over 55%. Wow. That's a lot of money that we're giving That's to a, these companies. Mm-hmm. That's a ton of money. Oh, <laughs> I just have to process yeah. that. Sorry, you guys. Yeah, I've got to shift my body, try not to fall. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think it's just it's just interesting because it's just another way that we're outsourcing our health and well being, and giving it to these industries and their comp and these companies um, that frankly don't have your well your highest interest your well-being on their radar at all mm-hmm. they truly don't um and you know i think about where they're sourcing this stuff and every time you buy from them you're selling into their values mm-hmm. you're supporting where they source their food from and often these foods are sourced from places where not great things are happening what do you think happens when people get off of like these diets? Because I mean, they're trends. Yeah. Most people probably don't stay on the diet very long. What do you yeah. think happens with their habits after um, that? I, I can tell you because Michael, my partner, Michael, he is a health and wellness coach and he often finds a lot of his clients have tried these, mm-hmm. tried them and found success and lost weight. Mm-hmm. And the moment that they went off of them, gained the weight right back. Um, because it's not teaching you like how to eat right. or what foods are even good for you mm-hmm. or what foods you even freaking like. It's right. just like eat this chocolate peanut butter bar that tastes <laughs> like chalk. And you're like, this mm. tastes like crap, but I'm losing weight and this is great. And like right. it, it all comes down to how you look at the end of the day rather than how you feel. Mm-hmm. And I can speak from my example or my experience Like I have a good diet and like I'm aware of a lot of these things, but it's like a pendulum. Mm. And if like your goals and your intentions and, you know, like the reason why you're doing this in the first place isn't in alignment with like who you are um, and how you're doing it, then you're going to really experience like that pendulum swing. So going into say a restrictive or like a, let me just supplement rather than like eating whole foods in a non-sustainable way and go to one side of this pendulum on that restriction side when you finish you have to counteract that sort of pendulum and you swing all the way back to the other side so I mean for this parasite cleanse I wasn't having like refined sugar and I like to have dark chocolate every once in a while Mm. and you know what I did uh, two nights ago I think because of all that suppression because I didn't have chocolate for like three weeks I ate a whole pint of ice cream and I couldn't tell you the last time I've done that (laughs) like I don't buy ice cream but like I had like this intense craving and then I sat there and I ate the whole thing (laughs) that sounds amazing it it was so good (laughs) and it was it was a non-dairy like gelato but it was like all chocolate and brownies and I think there were some sprinkles in there too and I'm like in heaven but I have not eaten that much ice cream in years and how did your body feel afterwards honestly it didn't feel terrible (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's it's more like the mental well also but also you know your body is cleaner so it's gonna Mm -hmm. purify those things faster it's gonna move through your body faster you're not gonna feel it quite as much um was that I see on here like 
a jack in the box analogy. With, yeah, yeah. Is that what you're talking about? When you about? like suppress and suppress and suppress, it's like a jack in the box, right? When you're like winding it up, eventually it's going to pop open. And sometimes it's scary when that happens, right? Yeah. And like you're doing behaviors that might be worse than what you're even doing before. Yeah. I mean, like my analogy isn't like that terrible necessarily. But I mean, take someone who might not have those sort of like innate eating strategies and then put them back to where they were before. For sure. Yeah. And again, you might be losing weight, but you are increasing your body's toxic load. Mm -hmm. So these like dietary, these supplementations that people are getting the meal replacements, like they have a lot of toxins in them. And what people don't realize are that toxins are huge. One of the main contributors to obesity. Um, So you add in these toxins with the food to the products that we use. Mm -hmm. So I want to get into this next subject here and that's our cosmetic industry. Wait, can I add something oh, yeah. to you? Yes. In order to lose weight, you have to have your parasympathetic system, your rest and digest online. Yes. And when you're in that sort of stress state of I have to lose weight and you're putting in toxins from the chiropractic lens, there are three things that contribute to inefficiencies in your nervous system regulation. And that's the thoughts, that's the traumas, and the toxins, so the things that you're putting into your body. And that's going to create havoc in your body, turn on that sympathetic, the fight or flight system, and turn down most likely the parasympathetic. So you got to have balance between the two if you want to lose weight at a sustainable level. So no toxins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to add that as a and chiropractor. It's like, <laughs> toxins are bad. So when we say no toxins, it's like, toxin light like if you're gonna have a lot of toxins in your life you also need to be engaging in like high detox activities and I don't mean like taking a detox I mean exercising drinking lots of water and also eating whole foods to help nutritionally balance and and meet the needs of your like internal organ systems because at the end of the day like how adaptable is your body yeah you know you don't have to like steer clear from everything bad that we deem as bad in the world but it's can your body actually flex and adapt to those sort of like stressors absolutely um and we are adaptable beings Mm -hmm. and our adaptability does decrease with toxic load Mm -hmm. so um going into the i'm going to share another fact here so our cosmetic industry is projected to reach a market value of $805.6 billion by 2023. And women are the primary customers and consumers spending an average of over $15,000 on makeup in their lifetimes. And I actually would say that's low. I would say that's low too. I would say I get why it's an average um, because I know women who've probably spent that now and they're in their 30s. I'm going to do some quick math on my phone. Yeah. Well, Erin does some math on her phone. Uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit about why this is important to consider because most of our makeup has toxins in it. Um, the biggest ones are hormone disruptors, and that is linked to worsening PMS symptoms, abnormal aging with your skin and your hair, abnormal menopause, and increased stress, anxiety, and depression. And the huge, the huge things that are in our, our makeup are carcinogens, endocrine disruptors, and nervous, nervous system disruptors that cause anger and irritability, mm-hmm. which is just, you know, you're just like, I just want to look nice. I just want to look cute. And you put this makeup on and you do look so cute. But what you don't realize is that you're rubbing into your skin is toxins. And I believe that I know this is to be true with your scalp, which your you should check your shampoos is that when it touches your scalp within 20 seconds of contact with your scalp, it's in your bloodstream. I did not know that. Yep. That's terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is terrifying. Did you find your fact? Well, I was just doing math. I personally don't spend that much on makeup, but I just average like maybe a hundred dollars a month on like 
cosmetic beauty things. And I feel like that's pretty reasonable for a lot of women. If you consider all beauty products that you're using and multiply that by, you know, say 40 year, I mean, how long do we live wearing makeup? So you multiply by 12, that's like $1,200 a year or more. And then multiply that by all of your makeup wearing years, which I mean, unfortunately in society, it's what, like when you're 15 years old yeah until (laughs) you're (laughs) and then it's it's crazy to think about it because like most of these makeups that have toxins in them have so many more ingredients than the clean makeup does but the clean makeup costs so much more money so much money Yeah. yeah I will every once in a while wear foundation and mascara is yeah. like the main thing that I wear and that's it. If I'm feeling wild, then maybe some eyeshadow. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and Crazy. Yeah. And I, you know, um, upon learning that most shampoos, uh, there are shampoos that you can get that are very clean. Upon learning that they really don't do a lot for like the, our, the balance of our scalp health, I have stopped using shampoo. So I'm on week six with no shampoo. It was a rough start. <laughs> and it still is like, I'm like, is this normal? But this is like what your hair is supposed to actually yeah. be and feel like. So for how long was it like pretty rough? Like a week or two? <sighs> like four weeks. Four. <laughs> yeah, it's still kind of rough. Like it, it's getting better. I got mm-hmm. this like brush to like help break up oils on my scalp. Um, and it, it's helping like my scalp is healthier. My face is healthier, I think, because, um, I'm not using anything on my face except for like a jojoba oil every once in a while. But I, when I was younger, I had really, I was blessed to have nice skin. I never really had that acne breakout, but I would every once in a while try like my sister's proactive mm-hmm. or some other like face wash that was at the house. Or even sometimes it, I would see things in a magazine. And I'm like, I should try that. It makes my face brighter. Mm-hmm. And I would always have reactions to it. Mm-hmm. But I kept going back because I was like, other people are doing this. Isn't that so funny? That like, even though my skin was already what I wanted it to be, I was like, I need more. I need it to be better. And I... Especially at like that age when like your peers are doing certain things. You're like, wait, am I supposed to spend 30 minutes on my face too? Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) Or more. But yeah. So like just, you know, that belief that I needed to outsource my like wellness from a young age, like my skin wellness and like buy into these things because it will make you look better. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I look fine. You look beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, like my hair, my hair is coming too. And then with the, the cleanse, the parasite cleanse, I was like, you know, if I'm doing this, mm-hmm. if I'm committing to this level of health with my eating, then I'm going to commit to this level of health with other things. So I already was being pretty clean with my scalp mm-hmm. and I decided to stop wearing mascara because I, everywhere I looked, a lot of the mascara had something in it that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just using a really light, um, like a tinted moisturizer is what I've been using on my face. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I feel my digestion is so much better. Awesome. I, my armpits like (laughs) only kind of stink. Like, you know, like, (laughs) and that's like, if you're, if you have stinky armpits, Mm -hmm. it's one of the biggest, clearest signs of toxins in your body. Yeah. I mean, it's a really great way of ridding toxins. Yep. Um, I think I shared this on Facebook live. Maybe one of my friends, she was doing a parasite cleanse because she had a rash on her armpit. And since doing the cleanse, the rash has left. Interesting. Yeah. I just had to throw that in since it's kind of on topic. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because a lot of people will be like, Oh, I need to put a cream on it or like something like that. And, and it's kind of like this vicious cycle because we get the makeup, we get the creams, we get all of these things that we are told are going to make us look younger and prettier and like that's okay to want Mm -hmm. it is absolutely okay to want but it's also okay to want to age gracefully like age with your age Mm -hmm. um and I think the 
The interesting thing here is the more toxins we put in our body, the more our metabolism is affected by these toxins. And so like the more we'll outsource our diet, Mm -hmm. right? Because like we don't realize that what we're putting on our body is also affecting our ability to break down our foods and absorb healthy foods. And um, with our slower metabolism, the slower vital organs are, and so they have a harder time eliminating waste and maintaining homeostasis in our body, which means other organs will take on the effects of toxicity. And again, it can lead to obesity, type 2 diabetes, and insulin resistance, Mm -hmm. cancers. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into this in a second here more, but autoimmune issues, uh, that we are more prone to injury, we have slower recovery, and that we have chronic diseases. And again, the problem isn't just the toxicity in the makeup, it's the side effects associated with specific, specific types of ingredients, toxins, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And another thing I want to add too is like PMS symptoms yeah, and like endometriosis and just yep. awful periods. Like that's something that I dealt with for a long time. And you know what the solution sometimes is to go on to hormonal birth control. Yeah. And you know what that doesn't serve your hormonal balance. No, <laughs> because it's, it's like that yeah. vicious like cycle that you're talking about. It is. Yeah. Be- because, and so hormonal birth control, not to bash birth control at all, but it's basically, it's creating synthetic hormone production within your body. Progesterone instead of progesterone, and what is the estrogen supplement? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. What, which, at the end of the day, they're synthetic. They can't do exactly the same thing that your progesterone would do and what your estrogen would do. And so, um, one, it inhibits natural production of those hormones. And two, it makes it harder for us to get back on track once we come off of it. Absolutely. And they also don't regulate the same way. And so that's why people on hormonal birth controls often find they have more anxiety mm-hmm. and stress. Yeah. I was depressed on my birth control, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, that was rough. Yeah. I remember reading about it. Um, if you haven't looked into it, we don't want to get too far off no. topic here, but. But that's a big one affecting a lot of women. That, yeah. Like it's, it's a hot topic and sometimes it's one that people don't want to really touch base on that often. Yeah. So. I don't care. I'll touch yeah. base on no, but but the and the here's this is Project Lioness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the truth of it is that birth control has a lot of benefits giving us control over our ability to like not get pregnant mm-hmm. and to kinda and it, and there are situations in which it helps. They actually have found that being on some level of hormonal birth control for a short period of time actually decreases your risk of, I think it's ovarian cancer mm-hmm. um, or some cancer in your like pelvic mm-hmm. region. Um, and that's uh, information I got from Dr. Sarah Gottfried, who is big on hormonal health, but prolonged use of these is really damaging and they're marketed towards women without explanation of the side effects just like your makeup just like your food it's the same with medications especially birth control mm-hmm. and especially if like they're estrogen based as well mm. if you start developing any sort of cancer that's just going to fuel the cancer like I speak from the perspective that my mom went through breast cancer and she yeah. immediately obviously had to go off of birth control. And then it was also that conversation of, yes, like estrogen is just going to fuel this even more. And that was a big driver for me to get off of it. Cause I'm yeah. like, well, listen, we have the same lifestyle factors. Yes. Only a small percentage of cancers is genetic, but majority of them are lifestyle. And if you grew up in the same household, then your risks are probably very similar yeah. Um, and I'm not going to increase my risk by adding yeah. fuel to a maybe starting fire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so I think that all of this is just so interesting because it's like mm-hmm. our food and our makeup are all full of toxins. And we were like, <laughs> I need, um, I need makeup because I don't like the way I look because I maybe I'm overweight or, or something like that. So you put on makeup and then it like affects your weight. And then you're like, I need to 
take di- I need to go on a diet to lose mm-hmm. weight and then it affects well, the way you look because mm-hmm. you're not meeting your nutritional needs so you are going to have more inflammation in your body you are going to have more like external responses especially in your skin yeah and then it leads you back to more makeup which is like increasing that toxic load and then you know we add in I, I don't know how to like get too far off topic but like fashion Mm-hmm. the the fashion industry which i feel like a gateway drug to the fashion industry is like diet and yeah. cosmetics mm-hmm. maybe that's going too far but i think so <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's all related too because then it's like well i want to fit in this outfit yeah. this sort of way like Absolutely. the crop t- the crop tops and listen if low rise jeans come back i will boycott it not um, happening. Because I like the security of high rise, all right? <laughs> it tucks everything nicely inside. <laughs> My mama pouch fits really nicely yeah. in these mom jeans. And you know what? Us women are supposed to have that mama pouch. Yes. Like yeah. that, we have to have that. <laughs> right. And so this is, uh, I think I wrote this down, but I, I, we are supposed to have more fat than men. Yes. Um, there are five to seven different types of fat, I think, in our body. Uh, and s- some of them are really good. We need them to, one, have children mm-hmm. and have the estrogen levels that we have in our body and mm-hmm. to help absorb vitamins like vitamin A and vitamin mm-hmm. E, I believe it is, are highly absorbed through our fat. And I think vitamin K too, but yeah. don't quote me on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. We need to have higher fat levels than men. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... With that, it can make shopping difficult <laughs> because, you know, I think I think that they've done a really interesting job of creating more body positivity mm-hmm. among shoppers. Like yeah. we have food, we have models in all sizes. We have mm-hmm. clothes in more variable sizes mm-hmm. and, and that feels good. However, a lot of that that fashion comes from the fas- fast fashion industry, mm-hmm. which it is responsible for 10% of our global carbon emissions. It's the second largest consumer of the world's water supply. And women make up 80% of the global garment industry workforce. And they often are paid low wages and live and work in poor conditions. Like Sheen? Sheen, yes. That's the biggest one. And I don't think people recognize it either. Yeah. But I mean, you can get a cute outfit for like $5 and <laughs> yeah, the working conditions of those who are making these outfits are not okay. No. Not okay at all. Yeah. And I think then we go into not only are all of these things being marketed towards us, the food, the makeup, and the clothes, we are being charged a higher amount of money for it. I'm wearing my pink leggings today for (laughs) the pink tax. (laughs) Yes, the pink tax. Tell us about the pink tax, Dr. Aaron. Um, So pink tax, it's not like an actual tax, but it's the fact that women generally pay more money for women-based products than men do. Mm -hmm. So they could literally be pink, um, but think of like razors and deodorants. Like I have a statistic here. I think it's 13% more expensive, like the personal care products for women or that are targeted towards women than men. 13% more expensive. And then when it comes to like clothing, we usually spend like seven or 8% more money compared to men. And then um, the other one was deodorant because I used to buy men's deodorant. I would buy Old Spice because uh, it worked better. It smells so good. And it smells too. so good and it's really it's cheaper. bad for you. It's so bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> I use natural deodorant now and yeah. that transition, like getting off like of patchouli oil deodorant. <laughs> but we spend 8.9% more money on deodorants on average compared yes. to men's deodorant. I also was looking at like they will literally create toothpaste ads like mm-hmm. for women and it's like more money when mm-hmm. they advertisement that way which is it's just really interesting to think about 
I used to get really mad whenever <laughs> I would see anything that was pink because I'm like, you're literally just trying to attract more women. Yeah. And I bet you anything, it's way more expensive. So it was kind of cool that like I innately knew about that before yeah. like actually seeing all these statistics when like the pink tax stuff was really coming out. For sure. Yeah. And I think that like they really do appeal to like our aesthetic natures, mm-hmm. right? We have so, so many more options with things mm-hmm. than men, at least at Target. When I go to Target, yeah. like the female aisles, like of clothing and whatnot, it just seems like there's more options for like makeup and well, obviously for makeup, but like hair care products and all of that to the marketing is meeting the aesthetic desires of multiple people. Whereas men, it's just like they go in and they buy what they buy and they leave. Yeah. But what we're being marketed towards, especially if it's like highly aesthetically pleasing, even though it might not serve a better purpose or like work better than other things, it's cost more money. 100%. Uh, JP Morgan actually estimated that women spend 1300 more dollars because of the so-called pink tax a year. Yikes. Add that on to the fast fashion and <laughs> the um, the makeup that mm-hmm. we're already buying. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So basically, we're being robbed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm angry. I'm mad. <laughs> and, so, and then we look at all these things that we have that are being marketed towards us. Our food, again, food loaded with toxins that does not reinforce healthy eating habits or behaviors or even understanding our intuitive need for food and how that's compounded. The toxins in those are compounded with the toxins in makeup that we're spreading on our faces and then the clothes that we buy. And and we are the primary consumers of all of these and still yet we are the least satisfied population with the way that we look and the way that we feel. And that leads us to men don't care what they look like and (laughs) they don't wear makeup or do anything. Maybe they do like hair gel every once in a while, but they're like the most carefree people. And I love that. Yeah. And I think (laughs) it can rock the dad bod (laughs) with like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I I think that's just like so interesting how the dad bod was like glorified as this thing that was coming back and like having, (laughs) having like fat in that part of your body is the most unhealthy place Uh to carry fat. Yep. (laughs) What is it called? Visceral fat. Mm -hmm. It's really unhealthy. It's not good. We should not be like (laughs) idolizing that. But, you know, despite, you know, the makeup and the clothing and the diets and the exercise, we didn't even touch on the exercise industry. It's 65% of the fitness series consumer base is women. Interesting. Yeah. Which is like, you know, we're more likely to ask for help and we'll get into this, Mm -hmm. the the benefits of what I think all of our, all of these seekings are. But one concerning thing is that with all of these things that we're being, we're externalizing our health for, we are still more likely than men to consider cosmetic procedures. Mm -hmm. So even though we're externalizing in all of these different ways, we're still going further into a need to like physically change ourselves. And this is not bashing the desire to to cosmetically alter yourself. Everybody needs to do what feels best to them at the end of the day. But the fact that women are gravitating towards this due to insecurity mm-hmm. is what we're speaking to. And um, what's the percentage of women who or the percentage for getting procedures. Yeah. So a survey found um, that women are more likely to consider cosmetic procedures with 72% of the women they talked to having considered a cosmetic treatment. They also found that women are more likely to prioritize appearance over other aspects of their life with 38% of women saying they would give up social media for a year in exchange for their ideal apparent appearance compared to 28% of men. I wonder if you gave up social media for a year, if that desire would actually go down. <laughs> right? <laughs> if like, you did a study. Yeah, because that. you're not like looking and comparison, comparing yourself. Yeah. I actually deleted my Instagram. I did. I deleted the app from my phone mm-hmm. and signed out of my Instagram accounts. Because I, like I said, with this parasite cleanse, I feel like I'm like not only losing 
parasites from my body, but losing and gaining a lot of insights and, and realizing that there's been things that are distracting me. And it's crazy. Once you start to bring something back into alignment, you can start to sense those other things are out of alignment. So like my eating was out of alignment, even though I ate well, it was, it was honestly out of alignment. And, um, and then I was using products on my face that were adding to my toxic load, which toxic load affects your mental clarity. And so as I've kind of gotten cleaner and gone through this detox process, I'm also finding the let a need to engage on social media less. Mm-hmm. And I guess not even engage on social media less. I want to have a physical barrier between me and social media that was causing me to like compare Mm -hmm. and feeling like I needed to like outsource in any kind of way. At one point I did like a deep dive on who I actually follow. Yeah. um, Because there are some folks, you know, that you follow on social media that might trigger those sort of thoughts. I'm like, well, we're going to unfollow them. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And like if that is something that you notice in like your daily life, then I invite you to maybe look into who you follow on social media or just like the content that you see. Is it pushing that narrative that really isn't beneficial for self-esteem and self-worth? Because there's a lot out there that we're just so used to seeing and it's almost like subconscious at this point yeah. that you might not recognize it's making the impact that it actually is. For sure. And the interesting thing is like comparison is natural because we have to be judgmental to survive. Like we have to carry some sense of like um, judgment mm-hmm. to keep ourselves alive. And so to compare ourselves, it's, it's like instinctual and it comes from like a desire for like safety. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we need to like also recognize that safety is going to be like cultivated from within and not from anywhere else mm-hmm. in our environment. Um, going back to that stat on cosmetic surgery is 92% of cosmetic procedures and surgeries are performed on women. Yeah. yeah that was the one that I was thinking of. Yeah. It's a lot. 92%. 92%. <laughs> And so, you know, it's just all of these things exist. All of these these diets and recommendations and makeup and fashion and cosmetic opportunities, all of these things exist, but they are really a distraction. Mm-hmm. And it's not like to shame if you love cosmetics and all that. It's not to like yep. shame you and be like, don't do that. It's bad for you. But I do encourage maybe look for healthier, um, less toxic sort of products to use and just like build awareness about what you're actually like putting on your face and whatnot. But I mean, makeup can be so empowering. Like when I throw on some red lipstick, like, you know, I'm feeling myself. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And like, yeah, I go to a wedding, I'm going to a wedding Mm -hmm. in like a couple weeks here and like, sure shit, I'm going to put on some mascara. Like it just feels good. Like it feels good to have that, but it's, you know, do I need it every day? Is the, is the toxic load of it worth it every day? For me, not. No, because my highest value at the end of the day is health. Mm-hmm. And and that's, you know, we've said this a lot. Like, what are your highest values? Yes. You can use the Martini value determination. Yes, you can. Seek that out if you'd like. <laughs> yes, you can. Shout out Dr. Mel. <laughs> Woo-woo. <laughs> yes. So, and again, like, like, like Dr. Aaron said, like, this is not to shame you on mm. your lifestyle choices. This is just to give you an insight into how these things are marketed and directed towards you. And at the end of the day are asking you and almost demanding you in some ways to outsource your health. Yeah. And honestly, throw away all those bath and body works lotions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Please. And and like candles and stuff like yeah. it. Just, just, you know, it's <laughs> as we talk about health and aligning, it's like you can be really purposeful with your thoughts and your actions, but if you aren't paying attention to the things that you consume, and that's not just, that's not just your like food, it's what you're putting on your skin. It's what you're wearing on your body. It's toxins that you're around and uh, what you watch on TV and the advertisements you expose yourself to. 
We just have to be aware. 100%. I feel like I was going into a deeper point with that, but I got really caught up in all of the things that we consume that can distract us from like true health. <laughs> and then I felt distracted. <laughs> and then I was distracted. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, at the end of the day, Aaron and I did this parasite cleanse because we were seeking out a higher purpose. We did it with really great intention. And I think if you're going to explore, like trying something new, consider what is the intention behind it? What, what, what do I want to get out of this? Um, am I, you know, restricting myself? Mm -hmm. Something that Dr. Aaron noted is that, had more good stuff into your life rather than less of the bad stuff. You know, make simple, higher quality replacements with everyday food you can get for sustainable change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like one thing that I talk to my practice members about is what, like, if your diet isn't the most optimal, that's okay. What if you added more fruits and vegetables? Yeah. And instead of saying, well, you need to stop eating all these processed foods and refined sugars, like just add more of what's good. And you'll probably notice that you will naturally stop eating the bad. Because you're not craving. And it's easier yeah. to add than to remove sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're, you might not be craving the things that you were eating because one, you're actually full and two, you're actually meeting your nutritional needs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, you know, we start to eat out of comfort, but when our body is actually full, we don't seek out comfort in that way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just coming back to what this episode is and what it all boils down to, what would you say that is, Dr. Eric? Um, love thyself. <laughs> Loving your body. Yeah. Like having that good innate relationship with like, what does loving my body look like and mm -hmm. feel like? And how can I do that? Yeah. And like maybe even start to recognize some places in your life that have, that are disrupting your ability to love your body and disengage with that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. What are some other ones? Mm. Uh, at We're the bottom, at well, notes. we kind of already talked about this, but oh, yeah. you know, knowing what your goals and intentions are with your health and like, if you're going to engage in some type of diet experiment, some type of like change what are the intentions behind what you're doing are they for your higher good is it just because you want to look good or is it because you want to feel good um I hope Ashley doesn't mind me sharing this but something that she said to me the other day was like I just realized like I have to stop um seeking certain like aspects of health because I think it's what other people would like or enjoy and I have to do it because like of what I want I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot because, I mean, you can't make sustainable change if it's not from within. Yeah. And to make a sustainable change, speaking to this last point here, is that you have to have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> with your intentions and with your goals, like you have to have a plan, some level of accountability. I know the Project Next, Project Lioness cohort is going to touch on some of this and hold you to a plan and accountability when it comes to aligning with higher health. Um, Michael, my partner, he does health coaching and he's really good at it. He could help you create a plan that's, um, inspire health coaching. And then I do this with my clients. It's part of one of the OT pra uh, packages that I have, but creating a good plan boils down to, you know, knowing where you are at and where you want to be and finding the steps that will get you there in a way that feels good aligned mm -hmm. and good to you and not drastic or restrictive mm -hmm. what was what you said in like the last episode that you did about like the decision um it's like taxing to make decisions oh, oh. decision fatigue yeah decision fatigue yeah if you have a plan then there's less decisions you have to make especially yeah. when it comes to say like a food plan you know yeah like what you're eating on a daily basis which we created for the like parasite cleanse. oh yeah and that helps to not yeah. have to like start from very beginning like oh well what can I eat now yeah good plug I forgot about that <laughs> Dr. Aaron and I created a parasite protocol mm -hmm. and it had kind of tells you why you might consider doing one what to expect um and then what you should do during the protocol mm -hmm. and it even includes like a 10-day diet like a 10-day 
meal mm-hmm. plan and the grocery list that you can shop off of for that. So if you're interested in doing a parasite cleanse or even just eating anti-inflammatory, this is a really good opportunity to like look into what all of that means. Um, so you can hit us up. You can email us at connect at inspirelifechirocenter.com and just say, I would like the the parasite protocol, please. Or you can message Dr. Aaron on Instagram. What's your handle? Dr. Dot Aaron Thomas. But Aaron spelled weird. It's A-R-Y-N. Dr. A-Y-R-N Thomas. And that's spelled correctly <laughs> on Instagram. And you can always hit us up on our Instagram at Inspire Life Cairo Center or at Project Lioness. So Hell that's yeah. all for today. Unless you have anything else you want to add. No. Cool. Just thank y'all. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sitting with this. I know it could be hard to hear mm-hmm. like oh, all these things, you and, know, and we got your back. Like if you need a support system or if like there's certain things that, you know, you want to change, but you don't really know where to start, like let us know and we'll, we'll help you out. We'll guide you. <laughs> we'll guide you. <laughs> yes. And, and the, this is what we always say is like what you, what you need, you already know inside, but mm-hmm. sometimes you you have trouble unlocking that and we can help you with that. So like we're that. here with you. This is Jess and Dr. Aaron with Project Lioness. And we are here to guide you in reclaiming your power, inspire you to pursue your authentic purpose and ultimately invite you to play all out in life until next time. See you later. Thank you for joining the Project Lioness podcast. Did you find value in today's episode? Help us impact the lives of others by sharing this podcast with someone you know who would resonate and benefit from the Project Lioness message. Excited to hear more? We invite you to subscribe on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And we'd be so grateful for you to leave us a review about what you enjoy most as well as what you'd like to hear more of. Thank you so much for all of your support. Sincerely yours in power, purpose, and play. Dr. Mel with the Project Lioness podcast. Keep rising, keep roaring, and keep inspiring.